0: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
2: Rob, I'm going to do this. But I'm only going to do this if you'll play the breaking news afterwards. All right? I'll do this. Friday... January 12th, starting at 6 o'clock at Cinderblock Brewery. We are having our third annual playoff Pilsner release. Dusty's going to be there broadcasting live at 6 p.m. Everyone from 610 Sports Radio staff will be present. We're going to be playing games, just having a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. F325 Barbecue is going to be there. They're doing a special tailgate menu. They got wings, loaded mac and cheese, barbecue sandwiches, all of those things sound absolutely incredible. It is it is one of my favorite things that we do every single year as a station. It's always a lot of fun. It's fun to see you guys. It's always good energy, great vibes. It's a lot of fun. It really is. I would highly encourage you guys to come. Friday, January 12th, Cinderblock Brewery. It's right around a couple of those places I was telling you about yesterday when I gave you my little date list. Sail Away Wines right around the corner. Rewind videos right around the corner. So yeah, after you leave there, you know, take your lady out. Enjoy North Kansas City. A hidden gem of the city. All right, Rob. I did I did what I was supposed to do. Are you ready?
0: First to breaking news in Kansas City Sports Radio.
2: Dalvin Cook has already been signed by another team. (laughs) Dalvin Cook. He is the newest member of the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are expected to sign Dalvin Cook. He now has a little over two and a half weeks to get ready for the divisional playoff game. I'm guessing Dalvin Cook is going to play on Saturday for them. I think they're going to maybe be down a few bodies. This is the perfect time to me to let Dalvin Cook go out there and play. Hey, Dalvin, I want you to get all the carries. You should be one of the freshest players in the league. One of the freshest guys in the league. Now, I am excited about this part, about Dalvin Cook. The Ravens are the perfect team to tell us if you're cooked or not. <laughs> they are the perfect team. Oh, you guys, hey, the Jets, there's no team in the NFL that ran for more yards this regular season than the Baltimore Ravens did. Not a single one. If you got a little juice with that team, yeah. I, from a Dalvin Cook perspective, it makes a lot of sense to me why you sign with the Ravens. You maybe could play on Saturday, so you'll get an opportunity to get into the offense, get a chance to play. I mean, we saw Christian McCaffrey instantly join a team and be able to step in in limited situations. I don't know why Dalvin Cook also wouldn't be able to do that this season for them as well. You then get a couple of weeks to rest up and get ready for the playoff game, and you know they're going to play another game in the postseason. You said you want to sign with a contending team. There's no more of a contending team than the Baltimore Ravens. This is a really smart move for Dalvin Cook. I don't know if it's super smart for the Ravens. We'll see if that's the case. But for the player, it obviously makes a lot of sense.
3: I mean, if he's never active and never plays for the Ravens, I mean, why not throw it in their body? They have Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Melvin, in- Melvin Gordon, excuse me, I want to say Melvin Ingram. And they had a player go down to injury earlier this year who I'm forgetting, and I apologize. So I, I, I kind of get it from the team perspective, but I, I don't think that Dalvin Cook's going to make any impact on the playoffs. I don't think so either. Uh, I don't think at any point we're like, wow, can you move the Ravens won? Because Dalvin Cook made a play. That's, that's not going to be a thing.
2: I mean, I would say that's maybe the quickest turnaround where I was like, no one wants a player for him actually to get signed. Maybe in drive history. That was quick. That was a quick turnaround on Dalvin Cook. Like he was there listening to the show. And we're just like, hey, go ahead and get him. I I am excited that he got picked, though. I am excited. I think he's done. We're gonna see if he's done, because if you don't if you don't produce on that team, I, then I you this running back thing just might not be for you anymore. I I believe it's over for Dalvin Cook. I think
3: it's over. Do we think he's ever active for a playoff game? They do have Justice Hill, and they have Gus Edwards. He cannot help on special teams by presumption. Like You're not going to put him back on punt return. Yeah, I'm going to go that he's active. Okay. So we'll know in 19 days or 18 days or whatever, they got some time before they're playing a playoff game. I'm going to go with, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go.
2: They lost Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. JK Dobbins. Yeah, I'm going to go with he's active. Now, nah, I mean, does he get one carry? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to guess that he's active though. Yeah, I just, I can't believe he signed so quick. They were just running, rushing. Let's go get Dalvin Cook on our playoff run. Do you think the Ravens are making the right decision? You and I haven't talked about this yet about the Ravens and how they're handling week 18 and not letting Lamar play. This is why I think it's interesting, at least with Baltimore. Baltimore was in this exact same situation in 2018. They were the best team in the NFL. That Ravens team was really, really good. Lamar was really, really good in 2018 or 2019. They're the best team. 14 and two ran through the regular season. That team was good. They got the one seed. They then called it a called it early. Didn't play anybody that final week of the season. Nobody, nobody played. So then they got two weeks off. So you remember that game. Where they went, so they were 13-2. and two, They clinched the one seed. They didn't start Lamar. RG3 started for them. He had 96 yards passing, so he was really bad. He was really bad in that game. That was a game, listen to the quarterbacks in that game, Rob. It was RG3 and Devlin Hodges. Just an awful football game to watch. A really bad game. So they didn't play Lamar. They had two weeks off. You remember that was the Tennessee Titans team that caught fire. And that was the game in which Derrick Henry ended Earl Thomas's career. We never saw Earl Thomas again. The next time that we heard from Earl Thomas, he was in TMZ for, you know, what he was in there for. I'm a little bit surprised that the Ravens are going to do the exact same thing again and not play Lamar at all on Saturday against Pittsburgh. It's the exact same scenario that you were in. You didn't learn anything.
3: Aren't you just playing the results, though? Can I do that same game with the Chiefs? Last time the Chiefs were in the wild card round and did anything to play for in Week 17, Week 18, they rested their guys and they lost in the first round of the playoffs. Didn't Aren't you just playing the results? Lamar Jackson is the MVP. You do not need him out there in a game against the Steelers potentially getting hurt. Any bump, any bruise, any nick, any cut that happens in a game that means literally nothing for you but could affect your future is coaching malpractice. I understand what you're saying. It's rest versus rust at its finest, but I think you have to rest Lamar Jackson. Now, maybe if you want to be like, Hey, I think their center is Linden bloom or whatever. He was an all pro this year. It could be an all pro. He was a pro bowler. If you're like, Hey, he's got to get some reps. Fine. But Lamar Jackson. No, 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 Tyler Huntley time for sure.
2: I would argue that playing the results at this point of the season is the only thing that matters. Only thing that matters.
3: Well, if you're going to do that, then you got to be anti the Chiefs doing it because last time they did it, going into the wild card round, they rested guys in seventeen, and they I got beat. Different
2: because there's there's only one week. So if that's fair, if if Baltimore played next week, I would approve of what they're doing. I'd be on their side. Hey, this is no different than you taking a bye week, but you don't get two consecutive off weeks in the National Football League. Never, you never get that. This is the the most unique spot that any team is in in the National Football. I guess San Francisco also was in that same spot, but we're not gonna play this week and we're not gonna play next week. Like we can talk about analytics and did you make the right decision in the right call? Like playing the results and did it work is are is the only thing that I think matters now at this point. Literally the only thing that matters. And I'm just surprised that the Ravens have come to the exact same fork in the road and are choosing the exact same path. And I, you could argue that that path is what got them eliminated the last time. You remember, Lamar was bad in the early part of that game. And they just got down early, and that allowed Derrick Henry to run the football effectively, and they were just never able to overcome that early deficit. You never felt like Lamar got a rhythm, never really felt like Lamar got going. I would just it would burn me if that's why we lost again in this AFC playoff. When it feels, like we can say it feels wide open, there is obviously one team that's better than all the other teams. Baltimore's better than all these other teams. Like, we always tell you, like, Kansas City's A-game, no team. Kansas City's A-game is not better than Baltimore's A-game this season. Miami's A-game is not better than this season. Maybe Buffalo's, but that's it. And I... It would crush me if I felt like we couldn't play our A game because our timing was a little bit off. It's a really unique spot that the Ravens are in. I think I would play Lamar for some of this game. They have obviously made the decision to go in a different direction and not play Lamar Jackson on Saturday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Danny Parkins of 670 to score in Chicago. We'll go through the top storylines. We'll also ask him about his storyline. The Bears are going to be the number one talking point this offseason in the NFL, and what are they going to do at the quarterback position? We'll get Danny's early take on it. Keep it right here. It's The Drive.
0: You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by the Deep Esqually
2: Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The home of the Royals is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
3: For the first time this
2: year, we head to the bowl lines to be joined by one of my best friends. In my opinion, he is one of the best sports talk hosts in all of the United States of America. He does afternoons in Chicago at 670 in the score. His birth name is Danny Parkins, but that is not even close to what we call him on this show. Park Park, what's good? Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year and good afternoon, C Dot. How you doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing pretty good. Before we start anything, I think that there was a story that made it onto my timeline and yours. Like Rob and I talk about two Americas, that sometimes something can be a big thing in my America, and Rob have no clue. But I'm guessing that you saw Cat Williams' interview with Shannon Sharp yesterday.
1: I did see it. Uh, I it, it made me download Club Shay Shay. <laughs> how did I, did that sound good. You did. You did, I, did, you did great. You were great. Thank you. Yeah, I got. I got it. I got that queued up uh, for for the drive home. Uh, so I haven't listened to it in full yet, but I gotta be honest. Uh, Cal Williams throwing all those big names out there and taking shots. The funniest tweet I saw about it, uh, which is what made me actually think, all right, I'm gonna listen to part one of this thing. Was someone tweeted and said, Sh- Shannon Sharp said hello. And Cat Williams said, here are all the people who have lied and stolen from me in Hollywood.
2: Yeah, you absolutely had to do that. And you also have to let a naysayer know. You have to do that as well in 2024.
1: Let a naysayer know. Yeah, that was, it's going to be, I mean, I know Pat McAfee's had a tough week. Uh, but but that that is, that was a great television moment. Uh, so people could say a lot of things about him. And I've certainly said a lot of things about him. But that was funny. I, I enjoyed that.
2: So, Danny, you are in the center. You might be the most sought-after guest in about three weeks. Everybody's going to want to know your opinion. You are going to be at the epicenter of this. The Bears, I think, are in the middle of one of the biggest NFL what-ifs debates that we've had in quite some time. You have Justin Fields. You also have the ability to take Caleb Williams or Michael Penix or whomever you think the number one overall pick is going to be. I'm sure you are going to talk about this every day for the next four months. What are your early thoughts? What do you think Chicago should do?
1: I think it's the most interesting story in the NFL other than who's going to win the Super Bowl. So it's it's remarkable. Like, we've seen teams get the number one pick two years in a row twice recently. I mean, Cleveland went, Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, Jacksonville went, Trevor Lawrence, Travon Walker. But this is, you had the number one pick last year, you traded it, You traded for the number one pick unknowingly because Carolina ends up being so bad. So you're injecting potentially a number one pick quarterback in a great quarterback class, according to the experts, not into a two or a three win team, but into a seven or eight win team that is trending upwards. I love Justin Fields. I threw a party on the air after he played the Dolphins last year in a loss called the qb1 party because in my mind the bears finally had qb1 but they got the number one pick and caleb williams is in this draft and he's younger and he's better and he's cheaper so to me they need to trade justin fields and draft caleb williams and then use their second first round pick which depending on how it goes this weekend will be you know 9, 10, 12, 13, somewhere in that range, draft another playmaker for their offense, and have playoff expectations next year with a rookie quarterback. Now, I get it. Justin Fields is likable. He's the most exciting Bear with a ball in his hand in my lifetime. That includes Devin Hester. He's arguably the best quarterback I've ever seen the Bears have. we talked about how bad of a list that is with Eric Kramer and Jay Cutler and Mitch Trubisky, and those are the good quarterbacks that the bears have had in my lifetime so giving up on justin fields clearly trending upwards clearly a great leader clearly exciting clearly a quality nfl starting quarterback for a guy who could bust i get why that's scary and a risk when you could trade the number one pick for a king's ransom have first round picks in each multiple first round picks in each of the next three drafts give Justin Fields, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Brock Bowers, or give him Marvin Harrison Jr., and uh, alt the left tackle at Notre Dame and upgrade and make this a Philadelphia Eagles or San Francisco 49ers roster-type situation. But if in order to win for a decade in the NFL, you need to be great at quarterback. And I think Caleb Williams can be great, and I think Justin Fields can be good, but because so much of what he does is relying on true athleticism, There is injury risk. There is regression risk. And I would dare to be great at quarterback, even if that means a half step back for the 2024 Bears as a rookie quarterback gets a learning curve. Obviously, there are questions that need to be answered about Caleb Williams in terms of leadership and can he step into a locker room that loves Justin Fields and some of those intangibles that the film doesn't show. That's Ryan Poles' job. I can't answer those things for you. But to me... Having a number one pick with a good roster in a transcendent quarterback class, that's about as exciting as any team in the NFL could possibly ask for, save for a Chiefs fan, a Bengals fan, a fan of a team that has already has a superstar quarterback where you know you're going to be relevant for the next decade. So to me, Justin Fields is about to play his last game as a Bear.
2: Danny, I knew that you and I were going to be on the same page. I guess a couple of, like, early thoughts that I have about it, and obviously you know that Bears roster far better than I do. We have seen almost 40 games of Justin Fields. On Sunday, he will make 38 starts. I don't think that we have seen a lot of reasons to believe that Justin Fields can be a star quarterback in the league. Now, maybe he can be a good quarterback in the league. Right situation, right team. You put the right parts around him. You could have a good, capable quarterback. You've already passed on C.J. Stroud. You're now going to tell me that you're going to pass on Caleb Williams for a guy who is for his, I would say, second consecutive year heading into what we are going to call a make-or-break year. That's just not a dice roll that I'm willing to make. You also got to pick up the option. If you were going to make this decision as the Bears, to me, you are committing to paying Justin Fields long-term. I'm not passing on two number one overall quarterbacks to then be once again looking for my quarterback and possibly a season, maybe two seasons after that. So you gotta be a hundred percent certain if you think Justin Fields is the answer, and I just don't know how you can say that in his first almost forty starts.
1: I can make the argument for Fields. Here's how I would do it: like if you know, just like the debater in me, looking at two sides of the coin, right? Here's what I would say: if you do certain thresholds, passing yards, rushing yards, and total touchdowns, it's him, Lamar, Cam Newton. In terms of this stage of their career. So he is a dynamic playmaking quarterback. He is. Also, the first year, he wasn't supposed to start. Andy Dalton gets hurt. He plays for Matt Nagy. Chiefs fans know how that is. He doesn't adjust the offense one iota to Justin Fields. It's an absolute disaster. Literally, his first start as an NFL player is against the Browns when they have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. They don't put a single chip blocker or max protection he gets sacked nine times in his first game single worst game plan i've ever seen last year they're tanking right like they don't have dj moore they trade for chase claypool they trade away robert quinn they trade away uh, roquan smith they are objectively tanking and it's his first year in luke getsy system two years in the nfl two different offensive coordinators this year at the beginning of the year it's an absolute disaster because for some reason, Luke Getze wanted to make him a pure pocket passer, and they took away the thing that he's Superman with, which is running the football. And they then were like, ah, that was probably a dumb idea, obviously. And they add D.J. Moore in the offseason. They add Montez Sweat this year. The defense has been great. Fields has been mastering Luke Getzi's system two years into it. And for the last seven games, since he came back from the injury, this will be the seventh game against Green Bay, he's played his best football as an NFL player by far, and you could make a Serious argument that the game against Atlanta last week is the best game he's ever played as a passer. And the other ones have come this year. The first half against Denver, now they ended up blowing the game. They've pulled three double-digit leads in the fourth quarter uh, this year. In the first half against Denver, the only incompletion he had was on a Hail Mary on the last play of the half. Like, Fields has shown brilliance this year. But it's a really small sample. It's inconsistent. It is still very dependent on running the football he only has one 300-yard passing game in his entire career and if they had the fourth pick and the 10th pick this would be easy draft a receiver and a tackle build around justin Fields, pick up the 50-year option and see what happens as you strengthen your roster but they have the first pick in the draft so you gotta take a shot at greatness at quarterback even though fields absolutely could make you rue the day i mean it's possible that Caleb Williams is Tim Couch or Achilles Smith or Jamarcus Russell, right? Guy, Johnny Manziel, guy's buffed at the top of the draft. And it's possible that Justin Fields goes to Atlanta or Pittsburgh or New England next year and continues to be a top 15-ish quarterback in the NFL and Ryan Poles gets fired. That is on the board, but that's why he gets paid the big bucks.
2: Right now we're talking to Danny Parkins of 670, the score in Chicago, Danny, I think you and I are going to have a different opinion on this, at least with how teams are going to handle it. If I'm Baltimore, I play Lamar Jackson some this week. I know they made the decision to start Tyler Huntley, but this is how I'm looking at it. You remember back in 2018, the Ravens were the number one overall seed. They, they made the decision to not play guys in that final week. They had two weeks off and they started incredibly slow against Tennessee and they never recovered from it. This is the best team that they've had since then. I think you're making a mistake sitting two weeks off. You're playing with great momentum the way you've played these last couple of weeks. I treat this maybe how teams used to treat preseason game number three, where I have Lamar, I have all my guys. Hey, we're going to treat this like a normal week. We're going to play half the game, and then we do that. I'm a little surprised that Baltimore is seemingly doing the same thing back-to-back times they've been in this situation.
1: I honestly don't hate what you're saying. I I am very conservative and, like, one thing in my life, and that's when it comes to uh, injury risk in football. Like, it's just such a brutal game, right? Lamar Jackson sprains his knee. Your season's over. Lamar Jackson sits out this game. You have the MVP for a playoff run and a Super Bowl run in which you have home field advantage in the AFC, so that risk calculus means you probably take the rust factor and you say, eh, that's a risk I'm willing to take. I'm not willing to take the issue with the injury. Flip side is, of course, you can't play scared. Your argument is kind of splitting the baby a little bit, play him for a little, and then sit him. Uh, I would argue that hopefully whatever they didn't do in 2018 that led them to being so rusty at the start, they've learned from. Kind of like teams like – oh, you know, we we flew to London for that game, and we didn't like how we dealt with the jet lag, and so the next time I got to fly over there, we're going early. Like, you can learn from it. So my assumption would be that they learned something from their rust last time, and they will adjust their in-week preparation uh, for the game to eliminate the rust and know that they're going to have a healthy team uh, going into the playoffs.
2: Danny, have you ever seen a situation like Buffalo is in, where Buffalo could be the two-seed, and a lot of people are going to pick them to win the Super Bowl, or they could just outright miss the postseason. I don't think we've ever seen a team with that wide of a spectrum heading into the final game.
1: I don't tend to think that Buffalo is consistent enough where I would pick them to win four games in the postseason, but I mean, if they end up the two-seed and Baltimore loses in the divisional round of the playoffs because they're rusty, and the AFC Championship game is in Buffalo, obviously they can go to the Super Bowl, and if you can make the Super Bowl, you can win the Super Bowl. And as we've talked about before, Josh Allen's best is arguably the best in the NFL. Now, I, I wouldn't make the argument, but I think that the, the, the game he had against Philly this year in a loss is the most impressive individual performance I've seen a quarterback have In the league this year so he is frightening when he's playing his a game so they can beat anybody including baltimore i i guess i don't really think san francisco just because of some of the matchups but we just saw baltimore curb stomp san francisco so once again the nfl gets exactly what it wants which is there's what 11 teams this week that uh don't know if they're going to the playoffs or not and still have a shot i think it's five in one conference and six in the other and Parity reigns supreme and there's not an overwhelming favorite for the Super Bowl. Like this, this is why the NFL is the best product of television.
2: You're right. But even in all that you said, and I I don't disagree, like you're heading into this week and there's certainly pockets of game. I don't know if this is any different than how week 17 was before. Like now that we have had a couple of years of this experiment, I'm not sure if adding a week to the regular season has improved the quality of the NFL. I'm not sure if adding two playoff teams has made the NFL a more interesting product feels like it's maybe a little bit more watered down or maybe worse than what it was.
1: I mean, I don't know. Like, if a third of the league still doesn't know if they're going to the playoffs or not, listen, there's there's too many backup quarterbacks that have played because of injury, and then there's too many backup quarterbacks playing this week because teams are locked into it. So I'm not making the argument that like, like this slate of games is anywhere near as good or you know, like a top 10 NFL Sunday in terms of the, the matchups and the intrigue. But in terms of in or out, right, like Romo and Nance are calling Bears Packers at 325. If the Packers win, they're in the postseason. If they lose, they're out. That's pretty damn compelling. You have one of the best rivalries in the NFL, 325 national game at Lambeau Field, with one of the most popular broadcast booths in the world calling the game to 20-something million people, and it's a win-and-you're-in situation for a historic franchise. Obviously, Bill's Dolphins. You know, there's there's a ton, there is a ton at the NFC East is still up for grabs, even though obviously I expect Dallas uh, to beat Washington. Like they they have led. Uh, they, they don't care, I guess is my point, if it waters it down a little bit because they make more money from uh, from 18 weeks instead of 17. And it's still pretty damn compelling, uh, even with the things that we've talked about.
2: Last thing here, Danny, and I appreciate your time. Who do you have winning the national championship?
1: Who's playing? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it, it's so it's so great being in a pro sports city. I just don't have to care about college sports like I used to. It's so great. Um, you know, those games are four-and-a-half-hour just slog fests, um, even though they were pretty damn entertaining, and I watched both and stayed up late for the second game. So I'm, I'm being a little facetious. But – Uh, I don't think that Washington is going to be able uh, defensively to do much against Michigan. I think think Michigan wins the game.
2: You know the way that you, like, felt about Deshaun Watson where you just, like, I would say you were the first person to tell me about Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Like, you just knew very early on. Now, I'm not, like, early to the boat. But, man, I'm just watching Michael Penix this year, and I think I'll probably watch four or five Washington games, and I'm like, there's just something about him. You know what I mean? There's just something about him that, like, all season, I was like, well, Oregon's probably going to beat him in the Pac-12. It was fun. Hey, you know, Texas beat Alabama earlier this year. They probably got more talent. They're probably going to win. I mean, Michigan is the better team to me, but he's not a player I want to go against in this moment.
1: Uh, I agree with you. I mean, listen, I, as an, I'm more interested in him as an NFL draft prospect because of what we talked about earlier with where the Bears are, and that's the other thing. Like, maybe, he, maybe Ryan Poles prefers Drake May. Maybe he prefers Michael Penix, and so then you can – trade Justin Fields and trade the number one pick and draft your quarterback. That would be incredibly ballsy, uh, and I don't expect it to happen. But, yeah, I mean, Penix is, I think, a very tough NFL prospect to figure out because he's torn his ACL twice and he's 24 years old. Uh, So the mobility, like he's got some mobility behind the line of scrimmage but not really going forward. Uh, But he throws a beautiful ball, and as a college player, he's pretty damn fun.
2: That is my guy, Danny Parkins of Six Seventy The Score in Chicago. For my money, he is one of the best sports talk hosts in the country. Also, be sure to download his podcast first and pod, just two guys talking ball. Danny, I appreciate you, my brother. Happy New Year!
1: Happy New Year, dude. Talk to you soon.
2: I I don't even understand why the Justin Fields thing is even a debate. I'm, I don't know what I'm missing. I don't know what I'm not seeing. I I don't understand why it is even a hesitation. They have the number one overall pick in a great quarterback draft. A great one. Not a good one. This is going to be a great one. A defining one. I don't understand keeping Justin Fields, who has thrown 40 touchdown passes in his 37 NFL starts. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't even get why people are even, what's the, trade, no. If you got to keep having make or break years, at some point potential turns into this is what you are. He's still a young guy, and he will get another chance somewhere else. If I'm the Raiders, I trade for him. If I'm the Commanders, I there are teams that I think Justin Fields makes a lot of sense for. One of those teams is just no longer the Chicago Bears. It will certainly be a conversation that dominates this offseason. Rob, I want to read to you a story. The headline of the story says that Travis Kelsey will not be on the Golden Globes red carpet with Taylor Swift. Now, you might be asking, well, hold on. She's at all of his stuff. You know, she's been at the games and been super supportive. Why is this? You would ask this question if you don't know any better, right? If you just randomly see this headline, you were like, wait, Travis, you're not being a good boyfriend. Well, then we scroll down, Rob. Taylor Swift is expected to attend the Golden Globes on Sunday, but her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, will not be in attendance despite being in Los Angeles at the same time. Sources tell page six. Rob, how do we become some of these sources? I want to be the source for page six. I want them to call me and ask, hey, do you think that Travis during the football season is going to the award show on Sunday during the game? And I'll be like, no. And you can quote me. It then goes on and says that, you know, the Chiefs are going to be in L.A. So then they're thinking, hey, well, if he's going to be in L.A. and she's going to be in L.A., why would he not go? They have more sources on this, Rob. They have more sources. But sources say that Travis will be busy gearing up for the NFL playoff season and not on the red carpet. He also will not be going to any swanky after parties either, as he will fly back to Kansas City with the team. Page Six has reached out to reps for Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and the Golden Globes to confirm. You guys can reach out to the drive. You can reach out to Carrington Harrison and Rob Britton and Bill in Tonganoxie to tell you that Travis will not be attending your award show on Sunday. If it was on Tuesday, maybe. There might be a chance. There would Possibly. You know, it's an off day. We'll fly. Maybe. They have a, he has to work. I don't think that these people understand that her boyfriend has a job. Like they have to know, right? Like when they see her at the football game, what, what do they think that Travis is is doing for it? Like what? They have to be able to put two and two together, right? You know how when, like when she was having a concert, how she wasn't at one of the Chiefs games because she was at working, you know, that's how she pays for things. She's at the chiefs game because that that's where he works. He's busy. He has to play in the game. We think that Andy's going to let him get his 16 yards. and are like, Hey, you know what, man? Go and spend time with your family, man. We'll see you back at the crib on Wednesday. <laughs> that's how we thought this was going to play. It's the playoffs. This is a very
3: ridiculous story. It's an honest question. And I, I don't really know the answer. Is this the first time Taylor Swift has dated someone with a job? Like <laughs> it has to be, it has to be. Like when she—I mean, I know Jake Gyllenhaal had a job, but it, I guess acting is different. Like, is this the first time they—she has been with someone that like has work commitments? Because this is not the first time we've seen a news story where it's like, oh, Travis Kelsey's day job gets in the way of partying with his girlfriend. Yeah, that's how everyone in the world works. Do you know what? Joe and Olathe would rather do than go to work, hang out with his girlfriend and just go out to the bars. That's a better time. But you know what? He has work responsibilities. It's the same.
2: Sometimes your work cuts into the family stuff that you have. It stinks. I know it stinks. It really, it really does stink. Someone said page six is British. No, this is the, uh, this is the New York daily news. (laughs) That's what this is. This is, They should know. They should be aware. Like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think he's going to be there. I, uh, I just, I now, you know, Travis Kelsey, he could very well be free next Saturday. I just got, Hey, I got a lot of free time after this. I can go to whatever you need me to go. I'll be at the Grammys. I'll be at whatever you need me to be at. Hey, you've been there for me. I will be there. You know it's love. She went to the Chiefs and Broncos game this year. You know no points were being scored in that game. That's real love. She hasn't seen Travis score a touchdown in two months. She's at the game's front and center cheering on her, man. I love it. Christmas Day. She watched that. <laughs> she went to go watch Aiden O'Connell on Christmas. And then Jake Browning to bring in the new year. Oh, she's in love. They love each other. That's, that's got to be love for you to be out there doing all those things. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. Hey, Chiefs fans. It's Patrick Mahomes. Catch me every Monday with CDOT during the season on your official broadcast partner of the
1: Kansas City Chiefs. 610 Sports Radio.
0: The Drive, brought to you by the Deep Esquale Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. 610 Sports Radio.
3: Kansas City, it's Scott Moore. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
2: Rob, during the commercial break, one of my friends just sent me one of MVS's pictures and said, read the comments. Yo, why are y'all doing that to that man? Why? I hadn't gone on there. I don't have any reason to go on Marquez Valdez-Scanling's Instagram, but I went on there, Rob, and I'm telling you, they have been terrorizing that man on all of his pictures. Why are they doing that? That man's just walking in the game. Leave Marquez alone. I'm all for calling him Mr. Applebee's. I'm not going to go on your Instagram under your picture with your family and call you that. That seems excessive. I'm certainly a believer that your first team all cardio, first team Fitbit. I'll tell you that if you call into the show. I'm not going to go on your Instagram and tell you that. That seems excessive to me with NBS. I know it's been bad. It ain't that bad. That's going out of your way to try to ruin that man's day. Can you imagine, like, you know, you're just sitting
3: there. You just, like, check your phone, and it's just filled with that. Come on now. Leave MBS alone. It's things like that that led Tyra Matthew to call this the most toxic fan base in the NFL.
2: I mean, I did laugh. I can't lie. (laughs) Like, if you go through it, it's just – it's kind of funny. I'm sorry. It made me laugh. Uh, Did you see the – I know earlier I called Elon Musk your guy. I know I said that earlier, and I apologize. Jonathan Majors is your guy. That's your guy. You have to know. You're not going to do this. You don't get to now not claim Jonathan Majors.
3: Jonathan Majors, I thought, was the future of Marvel. Yes, I was wrong. Did
2: you see that he's going on Good Morning America on Monday in his first interview post everything that's going on? Did you see that? So I just want to understand. He got dropped by Disney, and now Mm -hmm. he's going on Disney's morning show to talk about getting dropped from Disney. This seems like a 360
3: scheme is what it seems like. It seems like the apology tour is starting.
2: Yeah, this is the, this is the, how do you get back? How do you get back in the
3: good graces? That's what it seems like. He does this one. I'm betting sometime next week. He does a sit down one-on-one with uh, who's the CBS person, not Nate Burleson, but the CBS morning person, sit down with them that he eventually pops up on a night show. Just it's, it's a mea culpa a bonanza. Does he have any regular clothes? Every time I see
2: Jonathan Majors, he's dressed like it's the Harlem Renaissance. Like every time I see him, he looks like a 1930s cab driver. Why does he dress like that every time? I, just, I don't understand. I've never seen him wear regular clothes. I mean but not in the movie. Every single time.
3: It's pretty apparent. He he's got a lot of issues, fashion <laughs> yeah, included. No,
2: I just every time. I don't under I don't. I'm very confused at why he does this. Earlier today, Manny Barco was on Fesco in the morning. I don't want to play the audio again. If you guys want to check out the interview, you can. Not uh, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app, all of those things. This is my message to all parties involved. Everybody. Every single party involved with the downtown stadium. We don't care anymore. I say this as someone who lives in Jackson County. I don't care anymore. I will care once you guys decide, but I don't need to know all the inner workings. I don't need any more interviews. I don't need any more updates. I don't need a press release from the Royals. I don't need any of those things. If you are planning on doing those things, let me tell you, you can keep it. You can keep it now. You can keep it after the Super Bowl, keep it before the Big 12. I don't want any of that. I don't want any information. None. Please stop. All I think we would like for you to do, and I'm saying this, I'm I'm willing to take the opportunity to speak for everybody that lives in Jackson County. You guys make the decision and then put it on the ballot and then allow us the opportunity to vote yay or nay. Thumbs up, thumbs down. That is the responsibility of me as a person that lives in Jackson County. You put it on there, and then I got the opportunity to tell you whether I like what you came up with or I dislike what you came up with. That's all I want now. We've been talking about this for far too long. And it's not like these talks have built excitement. Like, who's really excited about this? Has it been an exciting process? We've got a couple of pictures. That's all we've gotten in two years Of all of this, we have gotten a couple of pictures. We haven't even got like a cool 360 fake walkthrough rendering. We've gotten four pictures in two years and ideas and concepts. That's all they've given you. And the ideas and concepts, not like I couldn't have come up with them or you couldn't have. The Royals want to do a really unique idea of building a new stadium and putting other stuff around it that they own and that we help pay for. That's it. That's the idea. And they have multiple ideas of where that could go. This is just... All we're asking you to do is you figure it out. I don't need to know your process. You don't got to show me your work. You don't. You go over there. You come up with something. You guys have a press conference to tell us what you come up with and when we can go vote, and then we will tell you whether or not we like this plan or not. I don't even know at this point what the plan is or when this plan is going to be wrapped up or what they're doing or where they're going or where the stadium is going to be. I don't know anymore. The stadium could be in Kansas. It could be near the airport. It could be in North Kansas City. It could be it could be on Red Bridge Road. I don't know where the stadium is going to be. All all I really care about is that I want it in Jackson County. That's that's all I really care about. So I just want you guys to figure it out. That's it. Is there anything, Rob, you would like to communicate to the people part of this process? The people that are listening, you know they are listening.
3: Is there anything you would like to communicate to them? Do you know that saying about no one wants to know how the sausage is made? This is the quintessential example of that. Do you know what I'm betting? I don't know this for a fact, but you know what I'm betting? Joe voter, Joe Royals fan did not care about the political process behind the scenes on how this became a ballot conversation. What I'm betting is that Joe fan wanted to know when to vote on where they're going and how much it's going to cost. You tell him vote in August, the stadium might be going to location X. It'll cost the taxpayer. Y. That's what he cares about. But from the time the Royals announced, we're, we're not staying in the Truman sports complex, which correct me if I'm wrong, would have been late 2022. All we have gotten is, well, we're moving in this direction, but this other thing is happening that no one knows how that works and no one cares about. And it seems like they have these listening tours and they listened and then what came of it, I don't know. I'm just, no offense to Manny Barca, no offense to Frank White, John Sherman, it just, I'm tired of seeing how the sausage is made. Just tell me what I'm voting on, when I'm voting on it, and how much it's going to cost me, the voter.
2: And I think in seeing how the sausage is made, to continue your analogy, it just continues to make us feel worse about you. Like someone on the text line, this stadium building process explains why the on-field baseball dysfunction continues
3: to go on. That's how I feel. It explains things. It also explains why Main Street's a mess. Jackson County's not doing it right either. Like, have you ever gone over somebody's house and seen how they live or you got in
2: their car and saw how either incredibly clean it was or messy it was? And it just explained to you a lot of things about them. Oh, this. Yeah, this is this is a line. This checks out. You know, like this makes sense. I think this is kind of where a lot of people are with the Royals. Like, as so I would say, all of this constant information, it's not like it's increasing anticipation. You're like, man, I can't wait. No, it's like a it it explains why you guys are, have been bad. You guys don't have your ducks in a row off the field or on the field, and that's why you were one of the worst teams in baseball last year. Coming up at the top of the hour, it is an honor and a privilege. We will be joined in studio by Sean Barber. That's coming up. Keep it right here. Mr. So drive.